Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dong. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. And we're live. Here we are, episode 190. Is it 190 already? It is 190, Jimmy. Wow. Can you believe that 90 episodes ago... I was failing to get on a plane to come to Toronto. Now 90 episodes ago, you were defeated. So, sorry to, uh, to do this on the air, but I got to do this since it's close. 90 episodes ago, you were defeated by Melissa for the Fightful Championship. I wouldn't right know. I, I've not seen her around any time recently. I don't know where she is. She's I don't... here. She's in the office. Is she? Well, that, that'd be nice if she would actually come do her job and be the <laughs> champion. But she has no interest in doing that. So, uh, well, there you just go. Just nail me the belt. Yeah, wouldn't you like that? I that thing's like heavy. That. That's that's, that's got to be. Just said. Why would I say it if I didn't like it? It's got to be. Leave a, leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. Tap the bell for notifications. If you want your question or statement read on the air, listen, you boy. Then donate a super chat. Get that in. I've got a lot of stuff up. We've just got so many interviews. It would take me forever to plug them. Bret Hart, Lance Storm, even the creator of Corner Gas, which is a popular show where up in your neck of the woods, Jimmy, uh, Brent Butt, the creator of that. I interviewed Matt Stryker about the the Jones Tyson fight. He's doing some media really? for that. Really? He is. Yeah. yeah he's doing Matt Stryker's stuff. doing media for that. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's when that's, is that? Uh, well, the press conference is Thursday on fight, but the fight is the end of next month. The end of next month, if it end actually if it if it actually happens, it'll happen. And how many rounds? Eight. Okay, it's going to a decision. I don't think so. No, Mike Tyson has not fought in sixteen, seventeen years. Oh, and so he wasn't going to decision before then. You think he'll gas out for better or for worse? Yeah. 
Okay, okay. I guess we'll see. We'll see. Um, I want to start off by uh, paying condolences to the family of Tracy Smothers. Just came out that he passed away at the age of 58. He had had health problems for a while. I, I know that his cancer had just returned the beginning of October, uh, and he had heart issues as well. Uh, you want to talk about longevity. Over yeah. 30, 30 years in pro wrestling, he was part of the Southern Boys in WCW. They became the Young Pistols. Then he went to singles in uh, Smoky Mountain. He was a top guy. USWA, he was a top guy. Freddie Joe Floyd in WWE. Then he's part of the full-blooded Italians in ECW. Then after they fold, he's working the independence for like another 10 years. Uh, just incredible longevity. 58's young still. Like I, I honestly didn't think he was that young. I thought he was older than that. Yes, yeah, so I posted this on Twitter, but it, it was, I want to say about a year ago, I made a trip to Lexington. I had three interviews I was set to do. Larry D., who is now in Impact Wrestling, he was running a show. Uh, Chris Michaels, who, if some of you guys remember, uh, he is the father of a girl who I actually put in touch with Becky Lynch at one point. She made a website, and uh, the, the teacher that, that I happen to know said, oh, yeah, by the way, her dad's a wrestler. And I got in touch with him. I've become good friends with the family. They are very, very close with Tracy Smothers. He was the third interview I was supposed to do that day. Uh, I actually had to delay one of those interviews because Chris had to step in and do a seminar for Tracy. Oh. Tracy did not miss dates. Like, he would always make his dates, and that was one he had to call into. Little did we know that was the week he was diagnosed. And um, it, he told me even, he was like, We'll get you your interview. Don't you worry. A month later, I'm sitting there talking to Mikey Whipwreck, and Tracy Smothers runs in on the interview. And he was so nice and just so generous. And he was like, I guess I got you that interview, didn't I? Hmm. And he he completely bogarted Mikey Whipwreck, which I love. It was it was amazing. Uh, that That's a very fond memory of that trip to WrestleCade. And he was just such a, a, a giving guy with his knowledge, with his time. I mean, he, he stood up for people that should be stood up for. I mean, look at the Blue Meanie back in the day, like 15 years ago. He was he was ready to fight JBL mm -hmm. after that I remember. situation unfolded. I bet you would have kicked JBL's ass, too. I think you would have. Oh, yeah. Joey Styles I, dropped him. Yeah, I remember Tracy Smothers from my youth as, as a part of the Southern Boys in WCW. I had a lot of his trading cards and stuff like that, but getting to meet him and seeing how happy he was to be there with ECW alumni. And he talked about how, what a positive time that was and how they, they were all together and reminiscing. It was, it was a really good experience that I got to share with them. Uh, I checked on the family, like Chris Michaels and his son and his daughter. They're taking it really hard, obviously. Cause when you're, when you're in this regional scene, like Chris Michaels and, Tracy Smothers have been for the last 30 years, you grow really close. And uh, I know they're taking it pretty hard. So I want to send my condolences out to the family, the friends and the fam fans of uh, Tracy Smothers. He, his, his reach is wide and his knowledge was vast. And it's a shame that we lost him. For sure. For sure. Yeah. My condolences to him and his family. Uh, next, I want to give, uh, I'm going to do this weekly. I want to give a weekly grappling with grief update, which is my uh, nonprofit initiative. Uh, I told Sean off the air about this interview I just did, which is unbelievable. This guy by the name of Rick Prashaw 
try to picture this. This guy was a journalist. Then he became a Roman Catholic priest. Then he fell in love with a woman at his, uh, as part of his congregation, decided he wanted to get married and be a family man, left the priesthood, had a baby. They thought they, thought they were having a boy. They had a girl. At 18, that girl uh, let them know that she wanted to identify as a boy, uh, and they underwent Jennifer, uh, Jennifer, gender re-identification. Then at 22, uh, unfortunately, the boy uh, died in a tragic accident, donated his organs, and the man who got his heart became friends with the father, who I interviewed. Phenomenal story. Like it's, it, it almost sounds like fiction. I, I told the guy, they need, he wrote a book called Sore Adam Sore uh, that you can find on Amazon. I told him that they need to do a movie because the story yeah, is incredible. Yeah, it sounds like it. So check that out soon. And then this week, we're going to be interviewing a guy by the name of Leonard Kim. Uh, anybody who's ever dealt with mental health issues, dealt with depression. Leonard Kim dealt with depression uh, uh, due to professional adversity as well as personal adversity. He contemplated suicide. He was talked out of it by his ex-girlfriend, turned to writing, uh, became one of Quora.com's top viewed writers, and then used that as a springboard into a new career. And uh, so that interview is going up Thursday, October 29th. So check that out. And then next Wednesday, November 4th, I'm going to release the full-length documentary I did about my parents uh, when, oh, I found out, when I found out my dad was terminal with cancer in 2018. The one thing I should note is that I didn't produce it with the intention of, of it appealing to the masses. Yeah. Uh, I produced it as a, as a family keepsake. So uh, when you check it out, this is not a Netflix do- documentary by any stretch. Yeah. But it's something that was personal to me, and so I'm going to release it uh, for a limited time, grapplingwithgrief.com, November 4th. Yeah, I encourage everybody to check that out. And uh, we got plenty of news to talk about. It's not it's not all bad. It's not all no, bad. No, a lot uh, of stuff this week, man. Like, a lot of is. stuff is going on. So, the, so I, I want to tell you this. So normally I like to keep the list here, the list of Jimmy Van, and I think I still have the clipboard somewhere. I like to keep the list private because I like to catch on off guard and I like to have the element of surprise and whatnot. Uh, this was one week where I asked Sean in advance to look something up for me. And I don't know if you were able to do it, but the, the reason I asked him is there is a very stark contrast right now in terms of quality between raw and SmackDown. And if you watched Hell in a Cell on Sunday, it was very obvious. The, just the stark quality difference uh, not just in talent, because, you know, people can say, well, they got Sasha and Bailey, yeah. you know, versus some of the women on Raw. The in-ring, everybody's good in the ring. A lot of it is the storytelling. And right now, SmackDown is far superior in terms of quality to Raw. So I asked Sean, is there any way that you can find out the creative process for both? Because we know that Vince McMahon oversees both, Bruce Prichard oversees both. But aside from them, who's involved? What's the process? Because I want to try to understand, how is one show far superior in terms of quality compared to the other show? So the answer that I was getting is, is well, people are spread less than on SmackDown. That's why two hours. But there are people that, that devote a lot more attention to SmackDown than Raw. I know that Daniel Bryan has become basically a full-fledged member of the creative team, according to Big E, at least, who he said was responsible for him getting his singles push. And uh, I know that there's a lot of that. It is still Vince and Bruce in the, in that sense, but you also have to remember that before COVID hit, Vince was never at SmackDown. Once Fox happened, he was like there one or two times from I think November through February or March. He hmm. was never around, but he was there at Raw all the time. And even when he is around, he's stowed away in his office until he hits Gorilla. Like it, it's 
it's it's a very detached process as far as Vince goes with his talent. I mean, quite frankly, him not being there is probably better for the show. You know what I mean? I would think so. Yeah, yeah. he changes everything on the fly. Because the thing is, when you look at things from in terms of creative, because again, this is not for lack of talent. So when you look in terms of creative, you know, Raw, they're, they're still hampered by Drew and Orton to this day. The Fiend is tired. Uh, Retribution is dead. The women's division is just a shit show right now, although Lana's awesome. We'll talk about her later. Yeah. Uh, SmackDown is just far superior. So I, that's why I was curious. I thought, you know, I know Vince changes everything, but at the same time, he basically just green lights whatever's pitched to him. So I thought maybe it's the quality of writer uh, overseeing the show. But then Pritchard's also the GOAT. It's very confusing to me how, how one is so much better. Uh, now, I want to move on to Randy Orton. I, I saw that everybody was up in arms because he beat Drew McIntyre uh, for the title after having gone on this big losing streak. I have a theory, Sean Rossap. Yeah? My theory is that Vince McMahon had just gotten around to thinking about Survivor Series. You know, because he doesn't plan out anything in advance. He kind of just kind of goes week to week. My theory is he just got around to thinking about Survivor Series. He knew he wanted to do champion versus champion because that's what they do. He looked at Roman Reigns and he thought... I don't want Roman to destroy Drew. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I want to try to preserve him a little bit. I don't want Roman to destroy, to destroy Drew. That means we got to get the belt off Drew. We already kind of scheduled Drew and Randy Orton. We're already advertising it, so we're going to put the belt on Randy. Roman can destroy Randy. I think that was the catalyst. I could be spitballing. I feel, I like, feel like that's it what was it was. Too. Yeah, I feel like it so? was, too, and it undermined so much. I mean, I can't even begin. That's a full hour on its own. But Drew McIntyre... Whether or not he was bringing in heavy ratings or not, he was heavily pushed. I don't think you can blame the viewership on the guy that they've booked probably as good as anybody. No, not but at all. They, they had Drew McIntyre come out and say, I'm going to give title shots to people that deserve it. And the whole time, it was Rollins lost at WrestleMania. Ziggler lost a bunch. Randy Orton then lost a bunch. At least his SummerSlam match was coming off a hot period. They should not have put the title on Randy Orton. They should not have. If they had to, they really should have done it when Randy Orton was white hot in yes, August. I agree. They should have done it then before he lost to Keith Lee in six minutes, before he had two more matches with Keith Lee where he couldn't pin Keith Lee, and then he lost to Drew twice. It is ridiculous. It just screams, make Roman look strong. And, hey, here's the secret. He already fucking does look strong. He's the best He's thing in all of wrestling. better. Yeah, I mean, they're honestly, like, I know that there's a lot of, you know, pro AEW people that think that AEW is just the greatest thing. Nothing in AEW can touch Roman Reigns right now. Nothing. Roman Reigns is the best thing in all of, in all of pro wrestling. And, and you got to keep it going. And, and that's why I think that because Vince probably just got around to looking at Survivor Series, he kind of realized that they're painted in a corner and you got to get the belt off Drew for that reason. And they could have done it in a better way because I thought Drew looked like an idiot at Hell in a Cell. Like, I was watching and thinking, why are you climbing the cage to begin with? Like, you're the champion. Make him come to you. Why are you going up the, up the cage like that? But uh, And then one RKO, you know, I, I, I didn't like the way he was handled. But, uh, but I, yeah, I definitely think it's because they just got around to looking at Survivor Series because they started promoting Survivor Series on Raw the, the next night. So I think he just got around to looking at it and realized, oh, crap. You know, we got to get it off of Drew for that reason. Yeah, yeah, it seems so. like it. It seems like it because... To me, a match like that, here's the thing. They've done it before. They did it at a WrestleMania. It was a throwaway at a WrestleMania because it was Roman Reigns' return. And Drew McIntyre just wasn't at the level he is now. Right. But I get it. They're trying to save it. They're trying to save it. Instead of 
just, you know, maybe add some incredible buzz for a show in November like they should. Right, right. Well, when you look at Survivor Series, there's there's a couple of matches that I actually that interest me. I'm interested in Roman and Randy, and I get what you're saying. It'd be better if they had a, if Randy was the white hot Randy after SummerSlam, but at yeah. the same time, Roman's going in as the heel this time. That appeals to me. So I'm 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 curious to see what happens with that. I'd love to see him bring Cowboy Bob out there and have Roman do something to him. So uh, so I'm interested in that. Street Profits New Day. I'm really interested in that. Yeah, that's going to be great. It's I'm fresh, very, you know. Yeah. Very excited for New Day and, yep. and Xavier Street Woods Pops. was great as Montez. Yes. He was awesome. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, I'm sure Sasha and Oscar will be good, but I've seen it a hundred times. You're so. right, and 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 again, it contradicts the whole. I, I was telling Sean last night, uh, uh, Tuesday night, that I caught some of Alex Pawlowski's uh, sour graps, and uh, he was going off like he lost his shit. Quite frankly. When he was yes. talking about the Survivor Series, only I love year. That you've been watching his show. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched like the first ten or so minutes because I, I, it's late at night when I have the chance. Yeah, and so I'll watch maybe ten or fifteen minutes. But he lost his shit over the the whole tagline. You know, the only night of the year that Raw and SmackDown superstars Sasha and and Oscar uh, they have wrestled during the COVID era. Yeah. So it, you're right. Like I that that doesn't appeal to me, but those other two matches do. The other thing I wanted to ask you because you mentioned this on Twitter. The two elimination tags, the Survivor Series elimination tags. They're doing one women's, one men's. You said on Twitter they need to add stakes. They need to give these guys a reason to do this. Have you come up with anything viable? I, su- I suggested one thing on social media, but have you come up with anything viable? There have been a lot of things viable. Now, here's the thing. I see a lot of people say, oh, winning brand gets number 30 in the Royal Rumble. No, that's ridiculous. That's just like, oh, the winning MLB All-Star team gets home field in the the World Series, well, I hate to tell you, there's a whole bunch of people on there on non-contending teams. No, I see a lot of people say, I saw somebody say like, oh, well, maybe a, maybe they can be in a top contender match for something. No, no, you're earning something here. My favorite was 2004, and that's when you had a, a group, I believe Maven was even in it, but the winners of that got to run raw for a week. Or run their show for a week each. Yeah. Uh, The winners of each brand got to do that. And most of them picked title shots that for themselves, right? Title shots for themselves. That's I like it. And and the thing is there was there was a great thing which they abandoned eventually, where evolution was like Maven, buddy, we know that you won this Survivor Series match. It's a great opportunity that you were even in there, but if you don't challenge Triple H for the title We'll let you in evolution. And he had this real conflict. Five of the six people that competed in qualifiers this week, Jimmy, were on SmackDown two weeks ago. Yeah. AJ AJ Styles is going to be doing run-ins on Friday nights in a red shirt. Oh, my God. Yeah, I 100% agree. The idea that I had, although I think I like your idea better, but the the idea I had was that the winning team gets to pick among the the top ten rumble picks so the winning team gets to pick between numbers 21 and 30 and they guarantee themselves to be in the end of the match but your idea is more interesting i think so every member of the team gets a week of of raw or if smackdown in case smackdown wins they get a week where they get to run the show that's interesting because you're right then they could put themselves in a title match i like it yeah i like it. to me the, the rumble stuff is a little too extended because it's like oh they're competing for the opportunity at another opportunity like I would just give them this this shot, give them a chance. And it's I mean, they they relied on guest hosts for so long. Mm-hmm. You have a real opportunity 
to show people some personality. And even if you want to make it like, okay, only the survivors will will get that, I think that would be a good touch too. Because say you've got two rivals on one team and it's down, it's like four on one or something. Mm-hmm. It's four on one. You turn on one of your buddies, you get him pinned, he's not running raw for a week. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to see something like that. Uh, quite frankly, I always thought that that Bailey would retain the title, and I thought that she would walk out on her team, and then each one of those teammates would get a title shot. That ain't in the cards now. Mm-hmm. That's that's not the way that they can do it. But they gotta add stakes to this. To me, there are few matches in pro wrestling that are more consistently exciting than a Survivor Series elimination match with stakes. I mean, put put WCW versus WWF on the line. Put uh, running raw on the line. Put the authority has to disband. Uh, Steve Austin loses his job. Like mm-hmm. these are some of the most exciting Survivor Series matches ever. Because I do not care about Raw versus SmackDown. No, I agree. And and the whole bragging rights thing, because that's what they always say for bragging rights. No one gives a shit. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm uh, your idea is good. The other thing I like about that idea is that every year, if they make this an annual thing, every year the champions would be going into Survivor Series despising it because yes. they'd be like, oh, great. Now, after this, I got to defend the stupid title every week on television because they're all going to be coming for me kind of thing. I yeah. like it, man. I like it. I like it. They should they should do something like that. We, uh, uh, we have a few Super Chats before you segue into something else. <laughs> okay. Reminder, guys, donate a Super Chat. Get your question or statement read on the air. Bacon Rasher says, evening from across the pond, lads. Quick one. This is a spoiler, not a prediction. SRS wins Quizzlemania tonight. Hashtag and new. Hashtag FTF. Jimmy, how did you feel when I told you I was doing Quizzlemania again? I said, oh, good Lord. But then we lucked out. Well, lucked out. Yeah. Clocks have changed over there, so we didn't have to change the time. Right. So then I'm totally but- cool with it. Two o'clock Eastern. So just so you know. Uh, I have a business partner in my company. Tomorrow's his birthday. Today we did like the cake and everything in the office. And we did that at 2 o'clock Eastern time. And my schedule just gets so busy. 2 o'clock sucks for me. I do it for Sean Ross Sapp. But when he said the time change thing, I was like, all right, go do your quiz. That, that works. Yeah, it works. That works. By the way, happy birthday to him. I know who you're talking about. There you go. The, the, the world might not. Yeah. Uh, did you see Denise training me to be Hollywood for Quizlemania 21? No. Did not. Missed out. Oh, did missed I? Missed out. Uh, she said that, that Chris Van Bleet was a fake transplant that knows nothing about real Hollywood. I saw he's in a video game. Yeah. Good for we him, man. Heavily. Yeah. Good for him. And, uh, I, and let me tell you about Denise, too. I applaud her hustle. If she sees this, I applaud your hustle. She's great. And, and I have told people whenever I do interviews for anybody in, in almost any position in my company, Sometimes the the candidate will ask me, what are you looking for in this position? And especially if it's sales related, I always say hustle and common sense. Yep. Because you'd, it's amazing what a valuable commodity hustle and common sense are. And I make a good career out of it. That's, I mean, it doesn't take a lot of, a lot of talent to do what I do. And uh, they, that's what I look for in my staff too. Jeremy, Carlos, Robert, those are all people that, that implement those. And I mean, Robert was writing at three or four different places when we brought him on. Jeremy uh, works around the clock. Carlos has his hand dipped in it. I, if I need to take off and there's something wrestling, boxing, or MMA, I know Carlos Toro can can step in and do something like that. And Denise has worked really hard at that. We have another super chat. Evan Wright said, 
Uh, winning team gets pick of last five Rumble spots. Again, I don't like that. I don't like, oh, well, you're winning Survivor Series, so you can pick spots in the Rumble and then earn another opportunity. I, I think that's just too convoluted. Actual stakes, not stakes for more stakes. And then Evan Wright says, late again, sadly. Wasn't sure if you guys touched on Thunder Rosa yet. Did things change between her and NWA? Title change was shocking. Great match. Well, I can tell you guys, well, Serena Deeb won that title. Mm -hmm. Thunder Rosa told me in May or June, whenever Dave Lagana left, so it would have been June, that she was sticking with the NWA. Now, those contracts are not that long. I can tell you, Zicky Dice won it out, and he doesn't have the title anymore. James Storm's deal lapsed. He's about to drop that title, and he just popped up on Impact. Mm -hmm. Thunder Rosa has interest from everybody, and she should. She's another one. You want to talk about a hustler. She got thrown into pro wrestling and was on TV in like six months and got worked to get better really quick and then learned production and then learned promotion and then learned MMA. So uh, uh, she's going to do a lot of great things. Uh, George Yaman says, this might be a stupid idea, but what if the loser of the world title champion versus champion match has to defend their title in the Royal Rumble match? I don't hate that idea. Yeah, that's not bad. It's almost like the the old Ric Flair thing. Yeah. Although that that I mean, was it, it, no, he didn't have the title then. It Roman was Roman uh, did it. Roman Rome? did it in 2016. Right. Right. I actually uh, kind of like that. Uh, Gasha Teen says Quizamania not happening today. What happened? What What are you talking about? I don't know anything about. Maybe that. they confused what we were talking about with the time. Yeah, difference or something. I think you quit. You you messed up what you're talking about because I just got sent a link. Uh, a little <laughs> bit ago, so uh, there you go. We got more super chats, Jimmy. They're, they're being generous to us right now. Keep on sending those super chats. Tim Traver says, "Blessed to see my dad's 68th birthday coming soon." Yes, you are. Uh, make sure you all stay safe and all that. Uh, we definitely want to see him around for 78, 88, 98, and uh, then Jimmy will personally finance the science to get him to yeah. 158. That's what I'll Evan do. Wright says, <laughs> also wanted to say I loved AEW Dark last night. Felt it was better than Raw, and I love looking up new people every week due to the exposure. Uh, yeah, which is much different than the people that you look up due to exposure in WWE, which is usually just COVID exposure. Uh, yeah, Dark was very good. Two hours, 20 minutes long. I did not expect that. Um, yeah, and Ali Bazi has what I think is a good idea. The winning five get to be in the Elimination Chamber match for the title. But isn't that against stakes for stakes? Kind of, but they're... Okay, here's the thing. That's not stakes for stakes. If you're going Survivor Series, and then, oh, you get shots at the Royal Rumble. I mean, or you get a Royal Rumble spot. Well, okay, you're working towards WrestleMania, working towards that title shot. If you put them in Elimination Chamber with the champion... Well, all those teammates, this is them getting their shot. This is them getting their title shot that they earned at Survivor Series by winning that match. What if only one guy survives for his team and the other four got eliminated? Meh. I mean, you could make this work. Like, let's, I, say, I, let's say, hypothetically, let's say Retribution won, right? Let's say Retribution is the Survivor Series team, and they yeah. won. And along the way, Slapjot got his ass, Slapjot got his ass kicked in two Slap minutes. Jock. Yeah, Slapjot. Let's say that along the way he got his ass kicked in two minutes. You tell me he deserves to be in the Elimination Chamber match? Yeah, sure. Nah, I don't like. I like your idea better about about running the show. You know, you know. 
Yeah. And if you want to slap your job... No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> so have you ever seen the experiment uh, where, you know, they got the rat in this contraption and they've got a green button and a red button. And if the, if the rat touches the red button, nothing happens. Or maybe like, you know, a, a buzzer sounds or something. And if the rat hits the green button, he gets a treat. And eventually the rat figures out, if I just keep hitting the, the green button... I'm going to keep getting that treat. I feel like WWE is like the rat, but they keep hitting the red button when it comes to COVID-19. Like, they just keep hitting the red button. Six, seven, eight months later, they're hitting that red button because they haven't figured out you hit the green button to get the, the gold at the end of the rainbow. What the hell is going on in WWE? Dave Meltzer reports. Now, he did not use the term breakout, or he didn't say there's been an absolute breakout, but he Outbreak. said... Uh, outbreak. He said something happened at the Performance Center last week related to COVID-19. What have you found out? They do, like, internal in-house live events, so to speak. And they had one Friday, and everybody who was there was told, uh, I don't want to say everybody, many people that were there were told to quarantine. That has affected some of tonight's stuff. At least one person that was supposed to be on screen, not in a match, was was held off of tonight's show and the people that were not there were asked to come in and do crowd noise and stuff like that it's it's bad it's stupid they're not testing every day they're still testing a couple times a week but they're sending them there four or five days a week it's not safe and meanwhile keep in mind how smart does shane helms look right now having that argument with road dog on twitter saying hey buddy y'all need to be wearing masks and Road dog saying stuff like, <laughs> each person's opinion. He's like, no, that's not an opinion. That's not the way it works. So bad that Road Dog got off Twitter. Yeah. Now he looks real bad because this is NXT. This is something that that those people are supposed to look out for, and it's not. I, I ran a thing two weeks ago, Jimmy, about NXT wrestlers that were frustrated about idiots at the Performance Center, COVID truthers, upset about it because they're putting everybody at risk. Not only are they putting everybody at risk, they're putting the shows at risk, they're putting these people's families at risk. It's a mess. I feel like a broken record saying this, but this yeah. is this this is a an entity with a market cap of three billion dollars, making almost five hundred million a year just on their US television rights, a public entity, and they don't have the wherewithal after seven months yep. to do proper testing. I I don't get it. I, I saw that this this is unrelated, but but similar. I saw the video of the ball player mm-hmm. when uh, the Dodgers won the World Series, and this ball player had just tested positive, and he's in the dugout with a mask on, hugging everybody. Yeah. What the hell do we have to do to? Do? How have people not figured it out? How have they not figured it out? I don't get it. My office it's has been open. My office has been open for two months now. And Camillo, I think, will, will attest to this. I make everybody follow protocol. We have not had one problem in two months because we true. follow protocol. How hard is this? And I wish I had, you know, a, a U.S. television deal giving me $500 million a year. I don't. You know what I mean? How do I, I, I don't understand. You can't unteach stupid. I forget the name of that ball player. That ball player is a moron. Yes. Pe- and, and I don't know if the people around him knew he had just tested positive. If they did, they're stupid, too. He got pulled too. from the game. So did they know the people hugging him? Did they know he tested positive? I can't say for certain, but okay, I mean, we okay. knew at the end of the game, we knew after the game that yeah. he got pulled because of it. So I can't. He fathom. knew. Yeah, of course he knew. He knew. 
And oh. then uh, and, and WWE, how many times... The only thing I think that might like smack them in the face and, and make them kind of wake up is if all their top guys test positive. That's the only thing that's going to do it, is if they're getting ready for television week and Roman doesn't want to come in because it's not safe. There's your top guy. Drew McIntyre test positive. Bray Wyatt test positive. Daniel Bryan test positive, although, God forbid, because he's, he's I think, considered high risk. The only thing I think that's going to smarten and miss a man up is if the top guys test positive because this is the fourth time, Sean, I think. Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. They're never going to figure shit out. They're just not going to figure it out. That it's ball player's name is Justin Turner, by yeah, the way. Yeah, and you're an idiot. I'm not a ball guy, so I don't really yeah. know baseball, but he, Justin Turner's an idiot. You're not a ball guy, are you? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. His name's Justin Turner, not yeah. just in time, because I'm just in time to help all of you get your penises erect with BlueChew.com. I didn't even tell him that this this promo was gonna air. It was on the spot. Look, look at our great producer just getting that graphic right up there. If that doesn't completely exemplify Blue Shoe, I don't even know what does. It's ready whenever you are. I didn't think anybody would be ready for this graphic, but here's Blue Chew. Johnny on the spot, not Justin on the spot, because if you're Justin on the spot, you're a moron. Don't be a Justin on the spot. Be a Johnny on the spot. Get that hard, erect penis <laughs> and that outstanding sexual performance, that confidence that you need in the bedroom. I mean, quite frankly, guys, the options are limited right now. You got to be safe when you're doing this. And right, you don't want to make a bad impression with one of the few people that you're even able to safely hook up with during the pandemic because you might not have any other options. And you want to make the best of that. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they got that proven track record, but they're ready whenever you are or when you're not prescribed online. Ship straight to your door. Don't have to go wait in line at the doctor. Don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You don't have to sit in a dugout and just say, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> How will I ever get my penis hard? How can I be confident in my sexual performance? I just got pulled. I mean, quite frankly, you could have COVID and they'll deliver this to your door. You don't need to be out spreading all that stuff. Spread a little something else. After you get Blue Chew, use that code FIGHTFUL. Just pay $5 shipping. That's it, $5 shipping. The mailmen are getting hosed. Not as hard as you're going to hose that special someone 
when you use bluechew.com code fightful but just just pay five dollars shipping it's all right it's gonna work you're gonna love it they work with you with their online positions to get you the active ingredient you need bluechew.com code fightful hit them up at bluechew let them know you heard about them from us i say it all the time and i feel like that's overlooked even if you don't order from our sponsors if you tweet them and say hey we heard about you from Fightful. That goes a long way. Brand awareness is important. <sighs> you sounded like Cleveland Brown. Is that who you were going for on that one? Cleveland Brown. Yeah, from Family Guy. No, I was not. Oh, that's what you sounded like. Uh, so you know that the biggest show of the week, tentatively, is going to be October 29, WWE's Q3 earnings call. That's going to be interesting. Um, now, I talked about this last week. I don't expect the numbers are going to be fantastic. I don't expect they're going to be terrible because uh, they ha- they're going to be reporting probably higher earnings or, or at least higher revenue due to the releases and the furloughs. But then they also have to report the extra costs from Thunderdome and from Amway Center. So for that reason, I, I, I don't think it'll be as good as last quarter because of the extra costs, but it's still going to be a good quarter. The question's going to be, I think, uh, are the corporate shareholders going to pepper Vince Man again about creative the way they did on the Q2 call. And I, and I, I, th- I think I, I know what to expect on this. So first of all, if you look at ratings, ratings obviously still are not good. Monday night, uh, uh, Hour 3 did 1.59 million viewers on USA Network. But television ratings are down across the board right now. Yeah. And right now, Raw is still holding up the 18 to 49 demo. The only thing beating Raw right now in that demo is news coverage and football. On Monday nights. And so I think what's going to happen is Vincent Man's probably, he's going to blame COVID again. I think he's going to blame election coverage because the news networks are, are getting a bump off election coverage. I also think that he's going to tout the success of Thunderdome because SmackDown numbers are pretty good. I think he's going to tout the return of Roman Reigns. Uh, and I think that that's going to get him through the q and I don't think he's going to get quite the heat that he got on the Q2 call because at least now he's got a couple of things in the quarter that he can point to versus on the last call. He didn't have a whole lot, but uh, this time at least he has a couple of things he can point to. But there is one thing that I'm very curious. Will somebody ask if anybody's watching this, that's a corporate shareholder because they'll never take my call. So if anybody's watching this, that's a corporate shareholder, please call in, ask them about the cameo Twitch situation and ask them if there's any concern about what Andrew Yang is kind of threatening about how if, uh, if the Democrats take over the White House, he's going to do his best to kind of get in there and uh, look into WWE's independent contractor situation. I would love if somebody would ask that question. Other than that, I, I think it'll, it'll, it won't be as, as tough on Vince's Q2. Yeah, I tweeted that uh, I wonder what kind of Ferris wheel Vince is going to have Shane jumping off next week, and also <laughs> yeah. that Ferris wheel is going to get pinned six weeks in a row on Raw right after that. <laughs> yes. It's, yes. it's so funny. I, do you like that they do the, the calls in the evening now? And is that, do, they, do you think they do that because that's after the market closes? Uh, or? 100%. And people can tell me whatever they want as a reason. That's absolutely why they do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely why they and, do And, I mean, it. the market's trash right now anyway. Like, I can tell you I've lost hundreds of dollars this week already. Just it's, it's trash right now. So, I mean, their numbers definitely, like, one week ago, I think would be better than what they're going to be this week. But still, yikes. Or at least I think if WWE, if WWE had incredible news coming, and if they had news they knew Wall Street was going to love, 10 a.m. Eastern time, they're doing that earnings call. Yeah. I'm telling you. 
they know that there's nothing big coming on this call. The stock is not going not to see a positive reflection of this call. It's not going to necessarily tank because of this call, but it's not going to see positive reflection. So Jeremy I, and Carlos were cursing about that. Carlos does some fantastic analysis for us on those quarterlies, and I'm, I will be streaming the call again. But, yeah, uh, it's it, I'm more interested in what happens the Monday and Friday that follow. Not, not this Friday. But next Monday right. and next Friday, I'm interested in what happens there because this this time we saw complete reactionary behavior. Absolutely. We saw retribution. Yep. We saw raw underground. Yep. It was a mess. And, and yes, it will be – for those asking, it will be live on Fightful. For those of you who don't know how to, to log in and, and check out the, the conference call otherwise, or the, yeah, we'll have it streaming. And again, if you're a shareholder, please call in and ask about the uh... – the platform situation because again they won't take my call so uh so somebody <laughs> somebody do because that'd be awesome uh and in kind of related news to amway center so john alba has confirmed what what we had been Who? hearing yeah who's who's john alba john alba has confirmed that wwe's contract with amway is going to end on november 24th i understand that basketball is going to get ready to go in december so they were probably going to have to get out of there anyway they're hoping. They're hoping. yeah hoping yeah. okay so my question for you is what's next for wwe they're looking into other venues, but they, they would prefer to stay in Florida, from what I understand. And, and they should. They should want to stay in Orlando. But the reality of the situation is they got a performance center just because they don't want to use it. Mm-hmm. And I get it. They don't. They especially right after it got renovated, they don't want it to get all lived in again was the term that I was I was given. But there are other places, especially you don't need something the size of Amway Center to run what they've got going on there. Mm -hmm. I do know that the wrestlers like Amway Center an awful lot, though. Better amenities, I imagine. Oh, yeah. I I mean, quite frankly, a direct quote was more places to hide. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. I guess we'll see. I mean, I I agree with you. You know, they, they were able to spruce up the PC for takeover. So you know that they can provide, they can, they can produce just a much better aesthetic now than they could before. So if they have no choice, I mean, it's better than being out on the street or in a parking lot. For sure. You know? For sure. So uh, We have a couple of super chats. Manny Santos says, have you heard anything about Eva Marie? I know she's recently followed all the NXT girls, and I wonder if she's coming back to NXT. Thanks, Fightful. I haven't. I haven't heard a thing about her or Melina. I never heard about them coming in before then. I didn't know a, a damn thing about it and still don't, but I will try to find out. Evan Wright says, and if you want to turn her just in the right position, uh, I think turn her <laughs> on would have been better. Well, because yeah, Justin, I, turn her Justin. That's where you got that from. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Evan Wright says, if Road Dog is my last resort when it comes to COVID concerns, I'm quitting. That baseball player BS last night was bad too. Unbelievably stupid. Really yeah, bad. Was. Yeah, really, really stupid. And quite frankly, if I was the owner of the team, I'd be pissed. That's yeah. a liability. You know what I mean? I'd be pissed. I'd be bringing him into I my mean, office. Quite frankly, especially when you're Magic Johnson, and let's be real, with his health history, probably, probably pretty susceptible I would imagine. Yeah, I'm not sure. He's clear of that now, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, but I mean, you, I, I'm not going to pretend to understand how yeah. anything like that lies in a human and can reemerge or not reemerge. Yeah, I'm not a scientist. I'm just saying. Uh, also, he ain't a spring chicken either. Uh, reminder, guys, donate a super chat. Leave your thumbs up. Subscribe. Tap that bell for notifications. I want to remind you guys, uh, tonight will be Warren's last night on the Wednesday Night War. I'll be rejoining the show next week as the host. 
We are going to get started at 10.30 p.m. Eastern starting next week. That way you can kind of catch up on both shows. Uh, I've mentioned this as a hook to get you guys to tune in. It ain't a secret. AEW and NXT wrestlers watch this show. MJF actively tweets about watching our post-show review. So um, not that you all would ever want to do anything that that human being does, but do it (laughs) this time. And we got lots of backstage news on there. You all can ask questions there, and it'll be a little bit more of a, a like a one hour ish setting. So make sure you guys tune in, and also uh, bid Warren adieu and good luck as we appreciate what he's done here at Fightful. I want to move on and talk about AEW, and and one of the super chats asked about the NWA. I wanted to ask you: Is there some kind of some kind of a partnership between AEW and the NWA? Because Unless the NWA is going to be a talent feeder system, I don't understand the benefit to AEW. My hair's trash, Jim. Yeah, I, I saw there's Look something crazy going on there. I'm, I'm all backwards and stuff, and uh-huh. I can't figure it out, and all this. What a mess. See, what a I, mess. My wife well, buzzes this for me like once a right month. Right now, the NWA exists as a set of championship belts, and that's it. And, by the way, also a YouTube video. Jimmy, have you ever heard of the segment I Got Five on it? Because that sounds pretty familiar because me and showdown joe used to do that every damn week now they got one on nwa (laughs) oh really yeah well i i i aew has so much more exposure they have so much more brand value at this point i don't understand the benefit to putting the nwa on your show unless this is cody rhodes again because he's so influenced by that time period maybe he wants it otherwise i don't understand the benefit to aew to do that well tony khan has been pretty good about saying We'll do people favors, and they'll, then they'll owe us one, so to speak. A, NWA already did them a favor. NWA let them have Thunder Rosa for quite a while. So if this is a way to get that title off of her, then that's fine. They had to do the same thing to Zicky Dice, not with AEW, but they mm. had to get the title off of him because his deal's coming up. Hmm. Thunder Rosa, as we mentioned, she is going to be in demand. AEW, WWE, we already know ROH is had interest in her because they brought her in for a while. Uh, she is going to be one of the more in-demand people, and right now, it is a white-hot female class of, of talent right now. Layla Hirsch and Jody Threat, Trisha Dora, Alley Cats out there. You have the Sea Stars out there. There is just an abundance of female talent right now. Impact stock. WWE is stocked, but could always use some more fortification with the amount of shows that they have. AEW needs some more help, so I would look for them to make some signings. Um, I think this is, personally, I think this is a way, uh, almost like a make good, like, okay, here's here's us doing you a favor as well. But that's just me saying that from the outside looking in. Okay, now in terms of other AEW partnerships, so AAA is hoping to do Triple Mania in December, uh, and they want Kenny Omega to defend the Mega Championship uh, if they do that show, and it's a question mark because of COVID-19. Uh, do you think that this could lead to anything uh, else? Do you think that, because I, I had heard that AEW didn't want to display the AAA titles on the show anymore, but do you think maybe that could lead to a talent exchange of some sort if AAA gets going again? Well, I can tell you that um, Serena did have the AEW title at the uh, AEW stuff, so um, I'm, I'm working to find out a little bit more on that, but I, I, she had that title there, and Thunder Rosa still had the NWA title on AEW TV, I would imagine that that Omega will end up doing that. If I mean, he'll, Omega will he'll do whatever he needs to do to be a pro. That's just just how he is. 
The U.S. title in New Japan's the one I'm concerned about because Moxley still got that. Yeah, so. and that actually brings me to the next point. So uh, Wrestle Kingdom, two nights in January. They just announced that they're going to do a capacity limit of 20,000 a night. And now again, Harry Mays out of the way. What are the odds at Wrestle Kingdom we're going to see Mox, Jericho, maybe the Bucks, maybe Cody, maybe Omega? What do you think the odds are that they're going to have more of a presence now? This year? This year, January. I don't think. No? I don't think they will. No. Because I know that they have passed on bringing in a, a big name because of COVID and the travel and all that. Also, you have to realize that if those people appear, as things stand right now, if those people appeared on that show, they would have to miss you're right. maybe a month of AEW TV. Yeah, you you're got right. to quarantine for 14 days. You got to do the, the, the spots, then quarantine for 14 more days. Uh, I got an interview with Killer Kelly in the can. I, I'll, it's a really good one. Mm-hmm. She told me the way that she had to get into the States was to come from Europe, spend 14 days in Mexico, then come across the border. It is, you got to jump through hoops right now. And, uh, it's funny you mentioned the partnership. This super chat from Evan Wright goes right into it. Layla Hirsch, Red Velvet, Kylan King, and Alex Gracia have seemingly been taking off of indie bookings. Do you think AEW made them offers? They'd be nice ads. So this plays into the fact that AEW has been very friendly with independent dates. One, I hope they have because I have an interview with Alex Gracia <laughs> in the can, and it is going to be airing very soon. But um, – I do think that at least one of them got an offer. I don't know if the rest did, but if I'm AEW, I also want to limit where people are going to work if they're going to be working for me. Even like if you're working the set of tapings next month, bring them in for both of them, pay them enough to where they don't have to worry about indie dates because that's just a situation. Have them film a bunch of matches, do their thing, take care of them. But uh, you can't have a situation like what happened with GCW when you've got so much AEW talent coming in and out. Right. Yeah, and, you know, the Wrestle Kingdom thing, too, that just kind of hit me. It's, it's, it's during the holiday time. I wonder if, let's say Tony Khan wants to do a goodwill gesture. You could always tape matches with, you know, the Jericho's, Moxie's, whoever might be on the show. Tape the Dynamite matches then let them do the quarantine thing to do Wrestle Kingdom, kind of almost as a goodwill thing. You've got dynamite matches in the can for your show. They could almost do that uh, and then not have them wrestle every week. Mox, maybe he wrestles on every second dynamite and he'd have him cut a promo on the other one. Like there's ways they could get around it if they really wanted to. But, uh, but yeah, it is, it, is a, it is a difficult thing. I want to ask you about Jake Hager. So Jake Hager is going to be fighting for Bellator this week as a heavyweight. He's fighting a guy named Brandon Calton, who's 2-0 in MMA, but he's never uh, fought for Bellator. Uh, Hager talked to MMA Junkie. I know he talked to you too, but he talked to MMA Junkie, and he said he feels like in six months to a year, he'll be ready to fight top competition in, uh, in Bellator. And I looked at their website. I mean, they're not the UFC. They've got, like, Ryan Bader. They've got Czech Congo. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe Sergey Karatanov. Do you think Hager, who's 38 now, and he's saying six months to a year, you think he's ready to step up and fight one of those guys? I will be able to better answer this after tomorrow. I mean, the guy that he's fighting is not like a top top level guy, but the right. guy that he's fighting between amateur and MMA and pro is legitimately like seven and zero with seven very quick finishes. Hmm. Like this is a guy that can put his lights out. They're, I mean, they've, they've got some good talent there. They got Josh Barnett. They got Matt Mitrione, who is way down. Mm-hmm. But Timothy Johnson's pretty good. Javi Ayala. They, they actually have 
a solid heavyweight division. I don't know if he's ready for a guy like Justin Wren or or even uh, Moldovsky or anybody like that. Uh, but then again, Justin Wren hasn't fought in three years. I don't know if he has any desire to, to fight again. That might actually be a good one for him against a guy who is 3-0 in Bellator but hasn't fought in three and a half years. That might be a solid one. I don't know. I'll, I'll be able to answer this a lot better after ne- tomorrow night when I see his fight. But he's been pretty dominant early on, but we, we got to see it. And, you know, I, I feel like Bellator is, you know, they're, they're probably protecting him to a degree, just like Herschel Walker back in the day. But let's say Hager goes out there, takes a right hand, drops, right? What do you think that's going to do to his AEW standing as, you know, Jericho's bodyguard? Do you think they'll just take him off TV for a month, bring him back, say nothing? Yeah, I don't think it'll help, though. Well, it definitely won't help his perception. Internet's no. cruel, man. The internet's yeah, yeah. tragic. You can't, you can't give any room. You lose one time, people think you're trash. It's unreal. <laughs> Batista faced a lot of that when he did his fight, and he won. Right. But he got beat around by that that really out of shape guy, Vince right. Cicero. Right. And and this is a guy who had fought like 50 times. I think he wasn't good, but that, I, I can't tell you how important that that experience of having 50 fights is. Mm-hmm. Winning, dude, had won 20 fights or something like that. But Batista got roasted, and of course we see the CM Punk stuff. Yep. Roasted. And Punk's, Punk's brand value took a big hit. Big time. It did. Time. It, like, when he came back at, at backstage, and again, it was backstage, the, the aura wasn't there for him but, you know, prior, after that UFC debacle. It just wasn't. Yeah. You know? One of the, another AEW note I want to ask you about. The MJF Chris Jericho musical number. So I, I just I want to give my opinion on this. This was, this was very polarizing, and a lot of people loved it, and a lot of people shit all over it. It uh, seemed like there wasn't a lot in between. You either loved, or you loved it or you hated it. This was my opinion. If Chris Jericho and MJF were in the midst of a program, right? So if they were Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton, if they were in the midst of a program and they break out in song and dance, I'd say that's the stupidest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. But they're not in the midst of a program. What they are is kind of like competitive rivals. MJF is almost like a protege of Jericho. He's almost like a, a Jericho, you know, in the making kind of thing. Yes. Because of that, because they're more like competitive rivals, I was okay with it as a one-off. Yeah. I had no issue with it. Did I think it was the greatest thing in the universe? No, but I, th- I, I thought it was fine. And, you know, should they do it every week? No. But I had no problem with it. I didn't think it was a bad thing at all, just because, again, they're not in a program. So. Yes. I, I guess maybe the purists didn't like it because they don't think it belongs on a wrestling show. But again, because they're not in a program, I was okay with it. Same here. And I don't want to see it every week. I don't right. want to see it all the time. But for what it was, and it a lot of it was for the shock value nature of it. Like, they're doing this? Really? Right. And it, it worked. I mean, you can say that it didn't because of the viewership and all that. But I can tell you, based on web traffic, people were interested in that. Mm-hmm. People were very interested in, in at least talking about that. And that does follow the any publicity is good publicity thing, which I don't always subscribe to that notion, but it definitely got attention. I mean, I was behind on AEW, and I was tweeting about NXT, and people said, no, change the channel right now. I got like <laughs> 10 tweets about that, oh, and that, that has not happened yet. So yeah, it, it did work. Uh, the Dash Royal sends a super chat and says, SRS, you are brilliant. Good luck in Quizzlemania. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Reminder, guys, we're heading down the home stretch here. 
submit a super chat, get your question or statement read on the air. But if you're here, leave a thumbs up. That stuff is important. If you see any of our podcasts up, just scoot over there and leave a thumbs up. That helps people find us so, so much. I didn't realize how much until recently. But also subscribe. My goal is to hit 100,000 by next or by by 2022 that's what i want by to like do. january of 2022 by january 2022 it's I possible i find that the the more you get you suddenly start getting more and more like once you yes. hit a certain number then they start to roll in so it's very possible yes. and and the jericho mjf thing i still think the festival of friendship was better and ray callahan says did mjf just give up on mox seemed unfinished before he started the bit with jericho or working it back since jericho is the only other champ well, something that I think that AEW has been outstanding at until Moxley and Eddie Kingston was that when somebody gets beat, that's it. You move on. Cody and MJF, MJF beat him. You move on. There are some some rare exceptions. Like I've, I've thought the Brandon Cutler, Peter Avalon race to the bottom is very funny on Dark. You have Eddie Kingston with John Moxley. He got another shot because he didn't tap out. He went to sleep. And then you have Cody coming back after a dominant run as champion. He got his, uh, he got a rematch. Okay, uh, I, I didn't like Orange Cassidy getting a bunch of title shots. He mm. should not have had that first one with Brody Lee. His only one should have been the draw with Cody and then the rematch. But outside of those, they've been pretty good about not like running back, running back, running back. There ain't they ain't WWE. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean WWE. As soon as you think you got a fresh matchup, you never want to see it again. By the time they're done with it, so. they're even they're even moving, they're redoing matches that we saw all summer, like Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles. We yeah. saw it on Seamus Matt Riddle. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, another AEW note: Alex Reynolds. How is he doing? Have you heard anything about Alex Reynolds? He was supposedly okay after the show, but that's that's easy for me to say. I'm not the one that got DDT'd on my skull and left sitting there for a minute yeah i uh i don't like to be critical of people too much because you know i I, it's a hard job and i don't necessarily want that job but i'm not a fan of rick knox i'm not uh he's he's not been good like like I, i i look at it like this i understand a lot of these guys were learning on the fly aew was full of independent people and they had never had a full-time gig like this they had never had national weekly television before they're just kind of learning as they go and i get that but Rick Knox, to me, I almost feel like they want him to be their Earl Hebner. They want him to be their signature referee. And I just don't think he's very good, with all due respect to him. Whenever he's, he's refereeing a tag team match, I know it's going to be a shit show. It's yes. going to be a shit show if Rick Knox is the referee. I watched that Alex Reynolds clip probably three, four times. Rick Knox did nothing. The guy's laying in the middle of the ring. You got to go down there. You got to grab a hand. Yeah, you he did nothing. Word. You got to send word to the back. You got to send word to somebody. Yeah. And a lot of people were saying, oh, well, all those wrestlers in the ring. I get you're supposed to take care of the other wrestlers. They they were also in the middle of like an eight person match. Right. It's easy to just like disregard what's going on. The ref is there to keep them safe, both yeah. literally and within the storyline. You that's. Anytime you see a ref go down there and check on somebody and put their hand in their hand, you squeeze it. You let me know they're okay. Even somebody at ringside, you got to let them know. And I hate to seem like we're picking on somebody, but it happens a lot in situations like that. Well, I shouldn't say that. It doesn't happen a lot. But the rules are abandoned, and it seems like the protocols have been abandoned a lot when he's in the ring. And I hope that changes. My hope is that he just gets better and he isn't, like, forced out or something like that. I mean, having Mike Yoda there should help. 
yeah. because he should be able to give him a lot of guidance and, and help him get better. So we'll see how that goes. One more thing I want to talk about this week, and then I should also say, if you go to uh, FightfulSelect.com after this, the list goes on. We're going to talk about Retribution. We're going to talk about Ring of Honor. We're going to talk about Lana, Matt Riddle, Chad Gable, a bunch of stuff on Fightful Select. I want to talk one thing about Impact Wrestling. So uh, years ago, uh, I think I've talked about this before on this podcast, I went through the process of in- interviewing with WWE to be a writer, to be a television writer. And I ended up not getting the gig, and I'm totally cool with it, <laughs> especially knowing yeah. what I know now. But when I was going through the process, they made me sign this waiver because they wanted me to submit script samples uh, that reflected the current talent at the time on the show. I had to sign this waiver. One of the things that they said on that waiver was no guns, no knives, no murder, no rape in WWE. And I remember that. I think it was even in bold font on on the waiver that I had to sign. Now, of course, WWE has done pretty much all of that stuff before and after. Before and after that, I think this was 2001 or 2002. So before and after that, they were already doing it. But still, they said no guns, no knives, no murder, no rape. Impact Wrestling, I think they jumped the shark this week. Oh, this week? They well, okay, over fine. They've killed Allie. <laughs> they pushed Vicky in front of a train. <laughs> okay, it's, okay, fine, fine. Every year they do it. But this one I thought was pretty ludicrous. And and uh, now you know what jumping where jump the shark comes from, right? Yes, we of talked course. about happy it. days. Happy days, yeah. So if anybody's not familiar, what jump the shark means is that when a show reaches a point where they've kind of peaked. They do something silly to try to maintain viewership. So Happy Days had the fawns on a on a, on a, on a water skis. Yeah, I was going to say jet ski on water skis. Jump over a shark. Oh yeah, uh, well, it was it was ski. It wasn't a jet water, ski. It was yeah, it was water skis. They had them. I don't think right. jet skis existed then. No, but they had them jump over a shark because they were looking for something to pop a rating, and that's where Jump the Shark came from. The fact Impact Wrestling did like a Who Done It. Where the lights go out, you see the, the the flare from the gun. Lights come back on. He's laying there with a shotgun wound. I thought, ah, oh, they. And I get what you're saying. They've done a lot of hokey shit before. They, they have. This was so much done in jest, though, that it, it's going to get a lot of excuses. It's ridiculous. I'll tell you, there were people in Impact that I thought were going to hate this, and they just sent me a message. Like I got one that said, "I love Impact," <laughs> and it's. Here's the thing. People that like their show are going to love this. They really are. I guess. But I don't. And that person did also say, oh, well, this appeals to a lot of the people outside. I'm like, no, it really doesn't. AEW wouldn't do it. AEW wouldn't do that. I mean, yeah. And that's not necessarily my gauge of whether or not a company should do something. But I I don't like it. I don't like it. But there are a lot of people that are. And oh, my God. You know what I would like to know? So Tommy Dreamer was there. Right. Tommy Dreamer is an old school guy, and I know that he's open minded and everything, but Tommy Dreamer was there. He's, he's got the Road Warrior animal face paint on because that's his tribute to animal. Right. He yeah. was in the ring for that. I would like to know. Now, he's going to defend the company and that's fine. I'd like to know behind the scenes what Tommy Dreamer thought well, he when, had he, a big when he was told that. He, he sat there and he was like, no. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We got a few more super chats as we wrap up. Nate Monroe says Uno and Grayson. And Hybrid 2.0 are two of the best teams. Yep, they're both very good. Evan Wright says, Eddie Kingston is the best promo in wrestling. Guy sold me tickets every time he's on the mic. Him and Mox's dynamic is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, Evan Wright says their Twitch chat wasn't happy after it happened. Wow, I'm surprised to hear that. I mean, here's the thing. Oh, you mean the, the fans in the Impact Twitch? Yeah. Now, anytime I even vaguely criticize Impact, I get people saying that I hate the company. I have interviewed 
people from no company more since Fightful started than Impact. I've been to multiple events doing press for them with them. We sent Denise to get like 10 interviews in L.A. one time. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but uh, guys, leave us a thumbs up, subscribe. We're on podcast platforms everywhere. Leave us a nice review over on iTunes. That stuff really helps, too. But right after this, we're on FightfulSelect.com. I got an interview on Kylie Ray coming up today. I got just I've so much stuff. I got news on that seizure gimmick on Raw or what was supposed to we're be. We're going to talk about it. Oh, boy. But, yeah, just go over and uh, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Until next time, guys. We're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.